Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Getting to know you, having a good nose about you. Having a gander, looking at what makes you tick. Welcome everyone, Propaganda is back. And this time, a lot of people did ask, unlike last time. So you obviously all enjoyed episode one of season two that we did with Lou Murphy. Uh, Self Shed Man is here. Uh, no theme tune. Uh, also joined, as ever, by Canning Town Lim. You all right, Lim? Yeah, yeah, lovely, mate, yeah. Good day? Yeah, yeah, all good. All great, good. great day, yeah. You've been working hard, I believe? Yeah, yeah, I have, yeah. Um, more to come on that, maybe later, maybe Doing not. Doing my work, believe it or not. Yeah, I know. Actually work. working for a living today, properly now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Something you want to do. Uh, yeah. F- for the listeners out there, a bit of a different propaganda today. In in the, someone that you may not realise when I say his name, or West Ham Connection, but believe me, he's got a big West Ham collection. Um He's a, a football memorabilia, memorabilia man. Who, um, it's easy for you to it's, say. Yeah, it's, yeah well, it will try again. But anyway, he's a football memorabilia man. You can follow him on Twitter. I'll get him to give his Twitter handle out later. And he's um, done documentaries and wrote books on Panini stickers, which those of us of a certain age, we all love doing them. And we grew up and some of us still do it. And I'm not ashamed to admit it. But I'd like to welcome to this week's Propaganda... Greg Lansdowne. How are you doing, Greg? Yeah, very well. Thanks for having me on. No, it's, it's a, believe me, it is a pleasure. Um, I've been following you on Twitter for a, a good number of years, it, um, even before I knew you West Ham connections. So right. <laughs> that, yeah. that was... Yeah, uh, that, well, that probably helped. Yeah, well, it was an added bonus. That was an added bonus, yeah. but, but we'll cover that later. So, Greg, um, football memorabilia. Had, what was it that started your passion about it to the fact that you ended up writing books, doing documentaries and, and tweet all day long? Well, I, I started um, in the football media in the, the mid-90s and uh, I suppose we can, we can start the West Ham Connections uh, with, with this because I was at, uh, I was at university, um, but my, my brother who um, started off at West Ham, then went to Charlton, uh, he played in Sweden from 1983 and then by by the time of the mid 90s uh, he was uh, he was the Andy Gray equivalent 
on their football coverage. Uh, the main pundit for their for their Premier League football on a Saturday afternoon, and uh, they they needed somebody back in England to to give all the scores for their, their the games that are on their their pools list, their equivalent of the pools. So they they would show a live game from England between three and five. And uh, and then I would be on a phone to Sweden giving all the scores. This 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 was just before the internet was really really broke, and it was easy to get the scores. So so having me back in England uh, following the telly and the local radio stations and CFAX was actually handy for them. And uh, and I I did that for uh, several years. Uh, I also worked at the Leicester University. Uh, football research centre, which uh, which sounds like a great job, and it is a great job. Basically, you just uh, research and study football all day. Um, <gasps> Dream job. Then I, yeah. Then I then I ended up writing for a couple of um, websites, uh, sports websites to, in in the, the early days of sports websites, in, including Umbro. Um, so I would interview all the teams that uh, wore Umbro kit and also the players who were sponsored by Umbro. So one of those was Jermaine Defoe uh, when he was just starting at West Ham, for example. So so he was uh, he was regularly featured on there. Um, and then I went into cricket for about 10 years. I was uh, Essex County Cricket Club as their communications manager for about seven years. Then I did some freelance work with the ICC and the IPL. Um, and then I decided to get back into football. Um, now, although although I'm interested in current football, for me, it's I'm more far more interested in uh, in the retro side. Um, so I've written two books about uh, Panini stickers based on my on my love of Panini stickers when I was growing up. Um, I'm a regular writer for Backpass, the uh, the retro football magazine, and, and various other magazines um, and websites, and, and and it's pretty much all about um, the the retro side of the game, the retro side of sport, the retro side of music. Yeah, I'd, I'm I'm a yeah, a, a collector of company. Yeah, you are. I mean, <laughs> um, I'm a collector of Backpass as well. <laughs> um, so you get to write the first book. Panini stickers. Yeah. Obviously, what what was it about Panini stickers that that not drew your attention? I think as a kid, but then you've you've kept that love on, and you're yeah. you're a big promoter of, of the uh, the cult of of Panini stickers. Yeah. Well, I I've, I've rediscovered my old albums from the eighties and early nineties in about twenty twelve. Um, and looking through them, I realised that I'd, I'd never finished an album, uh, despite the fact I started about 30 or 40, not, not just Panini, but other brands as well, and I never finished. And I thought, well, now I'm a grown-up and I've got a li- little bit more money, although I, I, the kids were soon on the way. Um, I thought there was a, there was a possibility that I'd, I'd have a look around on eBay and various sites and, and see if I could uh, possibly get some of the old stickers for the albums and lo and behold they're all available now some of them are are very expensive but fortunately i'd also kept my swaps from the old days and and there are also websites where you can swap so you could swap football 84 with football 87 or football 79 with football 86 If, if you've got it then you can swap it so and and i was going along and i actually was uh, completing the albums and and then the 2014 world cup album came out and i thought for the first time in many years why don't i ever go and uh, try and finish this one I'm, I'm 
I'm a grown up now. I can I can actually afford more than two packets every every few days. So why don't I have a go? And I I enjoyed it so much that I I I completed it twice. And, th- and then I thought, well, there's this massive company. They've 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 just had their biggest ever selling uh, World Cup album in in Brazil 2014. Nobody knows anything about them. Well, very very little. They're a very secret secretive private company. So I thought, well. I'm a writer. Why don't I pitch a book to pitch publishing uh, appropriately about about Panini stickers uh, and their their story? Um, they they immediately came back and said, "Yeah, we, we'd like that." Um, I I got to speak into all the old characters who'd worked for Panini and then worked for Merlin stickers, and and it was an, an amazing story. You had people like um, Robert Maxwell and Rupert Murdoch also getting involved, and and just all the strands that came out was it just I, I was expecting it to be a nice friendly business, but it, it was just a real dog eat dog. Whoever was competing with Panini were trying to get one over on them, and vice versa, and. And and it 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 went went well the book um, and and then I watched a documentary about Admiral Shirts called uh, Get Shirty Get Shirty yes yeah and I and I saw that documentary and I thought that's a brilliant documentary but you know nostalgia not not necessarily needing the players involved it's about a, a company that uh, that it was it was more of a fandom thing and mm-hmm. I thought well Panini fits in perfectly with that. So I, I wrote to the producers the next day, um, and within a few weeks, th- that that ball was running. And um, in 2017, that stuck on you became a, a TV documentary as well. I, I was part of that. Uh, that that they got um, a lot of people from Panini and Merlin from the old days. They got Ryan Giggs involved, and uh, and that that was another successful thing. And um, and I, I really I've I, I, I haven't stopped um, writing and talking about Panini stickers ever since. Every time there's a World Cup uh, or a Euro, I'll be I'll be asked to appear on uh, various news channels. I was even on the ITN uh, six six o'clock or six thirty, whatever time it is, news in 2018, um, talking about uh, the, the price of Panini stickers. I, I, I've already done um, an, an interview for BBC Radio Wales for the next World Cup album and it, that's not even out for a few months and and it it, it just um it, it just seems to continue to to grow in popularity and i think helped by the by the, the nostalgia value i mean yeah it, it was it was funny i, I following you I, I have got my panini 83 album mm. uh, um and i have like you tried to complete it I think I'm down to one now. Um, oh, can and you remember which one? Yeah, I've, well, I've got the album here. It's Arthur Alberston. I was just checking that he, I'm pretty sure he is the only one. Uh, funny enough, the first page I opened is West Ham. Um, right. So, well, d- well, did you know what the, uh, well, you, you haven't got the Arthur Alberston. No. It is, so, it, so you probably don't know, but have you, have you actually seen it? Have I actually seen it? Well, yeah. no, I, I can't say. Well, when you do see it, you'll yeah. you'll dis- you'll discover that it's actually not a photo of Arthur Alberston. It's uh, ah. Kevin. Mo- it's Kevin Moran. Oh right. So uh, let's have a look. I'm looking now at the Man United page. Right, Kevin Moran is not listed. He's not. He's not there. No. No. He he no. he'd only just uh, he was only just started his career. Uh, so, so he wouldn't. He wasn't due to be in it. It was. It was after Alberston. Uh, there's, there's a few, uh, there's a few mistakes in that album. 
Oh. Uh, there's a, there's a couple of Sunderland players mixed up. Gary Rowe and, and Mick Buckley. Stay there. Um, Stay there. Let's have a look. Uh, Sunderland. Uh, we don't want to talk about Tottenham. Uh, Swansea, no. Sunderland. Here we go. So, Stan comes. Mick Buckley. Okay. Gary Rowe. Right. I must admit, I don't know what they look like, so it could be Gary Rao looking at me. I'm not sure. There, there were um, there were uh, correction stickers printed for those two, so oh, you, right. you may you may have the right ones, but ninety percent of the of the stickers of those two were were the were the wrong ones. And the young and Adam then, McCoist. And then, yes, yes, and I, and I should one last thing I should say about that eighty three album because I, I mentioned it in numerous articles over the years. It was in the Stuck on You book. Uh, the that that album, and it, I, I also interviewed the, the the player for the last issue of Back Pass about the sticker. Uh, but my my favourite ever sticker is in Football eighty three, and it's um, Alan Curtis of Swansea wearing uh, wearing um, moccasins, brown moccasins shoes. Do you know what? Funny enough, <laughs> I've just gone to Tottenham, so I've just discovered there's a couple of other players. I need Steve Perriman and Paul Price as well. So. Uh, Colin Irwin's got no boots on, funny no. enough, for Swansea. And uh, nor is Bob Latchford, I think. Uh, yeah, you're right. Bob Latchford yeah. has, yeah. and Alan Curtis yeah. has got a pair of brown slip-on shoes. Yeah. Uh, yes. So I, I interviewed him uh, for that in uh, Back Pass in the, I think it was the last but one issue. And, and he said uh, the reason he had those on was because he assumed the, the Panini stickers were, were done the same as they always are, head and shoulders. And uh, obviously mm. Football 83 was the only one where you get full length. And and he'd also had a dispute with his uh, boot company and, and he, he didn't have the, the boots of the, the new company yet and he didn't want to wear the boots for the old company. Wow. There you go. That's, uh, well, that is, I did the, the thing about the sticker albums back then in the 80s was it weren't just restricted to the first division no so it would it would filter down we would get the second division as well team picks and shinies um but i don't know if it, back then the badges seemed a lot a lot better back then but we would also get the scottish teams yeah which is fantastic because it's great to look back at teams like st mirren and and find a certain player called um i'll just get the st mirren team up Francis McAvenny, um yeah. with his bubble perm air. Yeah. And, and and it's a great for nostalgia people to to have them still to be able to look back and see players that could have or that would soon play for West Ham. Oh, definitely. definitely. Featured all for a, me. There's another good Scottish sticker in, I, th- I think it's 83, but have a look at the Dundee United section. Uh, right, okay. Flick through. Yeah, this is all live people. Dundee United, yeah. yes. Yeah. Now there's a gentleman called Goff there. Uh, what's his What's uh, his first name? What Charles Goff? Yes. Is that Richard? Not Richard Goff. Richard name, Goff. It, it? it is Richard Goff. But, but that Char- ain't... Uh, that Charles is his uh, is his first name, and uh, he he from from the following year he decided to go Richard it's Richard Goff. Yeah. Oh wow. Um, no, you learn you learn so much. But in terms of the Scottish team, if it wasn't for the Panini albums, we wouldn't know. No. What any of these players look like, apart and unless unless you, unless Scotland were playing international, but and most of those played in England anyway, because I mean, but we never saw 
you might occasionally get the the goal action on um, well, the- on. Uh, on on the ball or um, or football focus of a, of a game, but in in terms of anything major, you you would never see any well, of these faces. For me, nah. the, the team eighty three realistically is Aberdeen because they were yeah. um, European Cup winners, Cup winners, yeah, around yeah. that time, winning the league title and Dundee United. But I think Aberdeen, I knew the Aberdeen team, yeah. uh, the likes yeah. of Strachan, Jim Layton, Doug Rugby. Yeah. Um, obviously Ferguson, Willie Miller, Alex McLeish, um, you know Mark McGee. You know th- these are these are all names that we all know. I think even Neil yeah. Cooper went to Aston Villa. Yeah. Um, yeah. Neil Simpson, I believe, played um, in English football as well. So like three quarters of that Aberdeen team, Rugby went to yeah. Chelsea, didn't he? Yeah. Um, in in few years on, I, I mean, I probably knew them better than I knew the Celtic team if I'm looking at yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, as you say, they they had their uh, cup winners cup runs, so, and and the, the final against Real Madrid was on uh, was was on yeah. live on ITV when we didn't have many games at all. So, no. as you say, they they became household names through that. Uh, Hewitt, I think, was the uh, was the one who scored the winner with a diving header. And yeah, I mean, when with, with Panini and and Merlin. Was was Merlin at the start of the Premier League? Was it what what sort of finished Panini for years well, as the sticker album of choice? Yeah, well, what well what 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 finished them was um, in 1988 they got bought out by uh, Robert Maxwell, and um, as you know, everything that uh, that he touched in the end uh, didn't didn't turn to gold; it turned turned to dust. And uh, there were there were four. Of the major employees at uh, p- working for Panini, when Robert Maxwell was employed, they they said to each other, "I can't work for I can't work for this man. Um, wh- why don't we set up our own company?" And they set up Merlin. Um, in in the very early days of Merlin, it was it was a struggle, and they were they were sued uh, left, right, and centre by by Robert Maxwell. Um, he was he was telling. Uh, people that uh, if you if you stopped uh, Merlin stickers, then we're not going to give you any of our, our mirror news newspaper issues. Um, so then then the likes of W H Smith and other retailers said, well, well obviously we'd, we'd rather have the mirror. So they were blocking Merlin, um, and it, it was as a struggle for them. It was only when they they launched a, a wrestling album when uh, when the wrestling was just started to be shown on Sky and, uh, and became popular with the kids. That 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 was their breakthrough sticker album, not not football. Um, obviously. Uh, Robert Max, when Robert Maxwell died, that uh, that that took the pressure off them in terms of being sued. Uh, <laughs> it also it also meant that Panini uh, was was struggling. So when when the the Premier League contract came up to do the sticker album, it was actually for the second year because um, the Premier League obviously felt they had uh, more important things to be doing for the first season. But uh, when when the second season uh, came up. For, for grabs, uh, it was Merlin who got it rather than than Panini. They were seen as being more viable, and um, Merlin, who were then bought bought by Tops, the American company, a few years later, they they ended up doing the Premier League album uh, up until about three or four years ago, when Panini finally got the Premier League contract. Yeah, I'd, I mean, for me, Panini, uh, sorry, Merlin, 
I was, I was early 20s, but it was it yeah. just, I don't know, it it sort of was a natural break for me in, in stopping um Yeah, if, if, if you were in the 20s at that time, stickers was not something that people did. I no. mean, I was... I was at um, university in the in the, the mid nineties, and nobody collected football stickers. Whereas um, people in their twenties and thirties and forties and fifties now do it, and and it's not necessarily seen as being uncool because so many other people do it, and it's a community, and it's a way to get get to go even go down the pub with your friends and do the swapping. It's uh, it, it's seen in a different light now. Uh, whereas in uh, if, if as I say if you would you would be considered very geekish if you were still collecting stickers or cards in the <laughs> when your twenties now but but to be honest if you were then the joke would be on everybody else because uh, the amount of money that some of these cards and stickers cost now um, is uh, is going going through the roof so uh, so as I say any, anyone who kept their old stickers and albums particularly particularly loose stickers uh, there's there's a lot of money to be if you, I would recommend checking on eBay and just uh, just seeing what you've got. Yeah, I, I, my 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 daughter used to have to take my list to school with her, and um, yeah. <laughs> the, the boys. I think the boys thought she was uh, quite a cool girl for collecting. Yeah. And the truth was, actually, it was her dad. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's not just sticker albums for you, though, is it? There's magazines as well. Yeah. Yeah, I I um I had a bit of involvement with um the Sporting Memories um found charity uh, for for a while. Uh, I don't know if you're aware of those, but they are it's a it's it's a charity that um focuses on uh, older people, especially men who are struggling with um dementia, depression or or loneliness. Um and they they've also got uh, they they've got a few footballers involved and um Alan Shearer do- did a documentary about dementia and football and he uh, he 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 got sporting memories involved in that. And and what what they do is that they have groups of uh, of people and they and they discuss um old sport using imagery. Uh, so so they get old photos out and old magazines uh, might be Charles Bucken or Goal or or Shoot and um I I just love the the power of old imagery uh especially sporting imagery because I, I just think if if you show someone a photo or if you showed 10 people a photo who are football fans it would mean something different to all of those people one one person would probably look at one or one player or another player and have memories of them. Someone else would look at the kit to remember the kit. Someone else might remember a sponsor. Someone else would look at the at the stadium or the or the way people are dressed in the crowd. And and it, and to me, imagery is just is very powerful. Um, so so, I, yeah, I, I write a lot about um, about retro football for the likes of Back Pass and 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 putting all the old images on on Twitter and just just seeing the reactions. And as I say, it's just it's just when when you put something on and and you get a different reaction from one person to another person and and and, and people's memories and and you know if something is forty years ago, then we we remember. The, the basics but uh that most of it w- we don't and 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 there's, there's a lot of stuff we never knew and and you can't just wikipedia it or, or google it because uh because football in the 70s and 80s there's 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 so much more to to discover about it whereas whereas the football now you, there's there's very little 
that uh, that that one can't find out about easily. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm I'm a myself. I try and collect at least one issue. So if I see a football magazine that I've not got in my collection, I'll try and get at least one issue of it. Don't matter how old it is. Um, so it's weird. I found recently a, a, a magazine called Soccer Monthly. Um, yeah. That uh, I believe come out Keegan. Keegan. So this is early eighties, late seventies. Keegan's just gone to um, Hamburg, Hamburg. Yeah. and it's got some American stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've got about fifteen, twenty issues of them. Um, then you're then you're you're pretty much done. I think it was uh, I, th- I think it was about twenty twenty one magazines. Right. Yeah. It, it was it was actually um, it was a shoot spin off. So it was it was the monthly version of of shoot, um, and ultimately it, it it was incorporated back into into shoot. So yeah, I think it was probably just under two years. And um, I'm, I'm sure if you've looked through them, I mean, there's some there's some brilliant articles in there. Yes, yeah. I, I, I mean, long, long form. Yes. I mean, even, even Shoot in, in those days, people pe- people now write off Shoot and, and Match and, and say, oh, they were just kids' magazines. But if you actually look at Shoot and Match from the, the 70s and the 80s, the, the quality of the journalism, the, the, the length of the articles, so many of the other journalists went on to write for national newspapers and... The, the as I say the, the the quality of the overall magazines you there's, you don't get anything like it now. I mean, Jay, was you into shoot match weekly? I, mean, I bought them sporadically. Um, I don't know why I bought them sporadically. I was massively into uh, Panini stickers um, up until I had a little hiatus between. I didn't do the 83 or 84, but I did do 85, 86, 87, 88. For some reason, uh, our local stockist switched to the soccer 83 and 84. We didn't, around our area, we, we didn't see the um, the Panini football one. Is there any explanation for that? Do you know? Or? Um, I think... I mean that I think that one you're talking about was uh, was done by Quadriga, uh, which which was a successor to FKS, um, okay, and yeah. they might have said uh, to this particular um, retailer, if you if you just get our stickers in and don't sell um, the Panini ones, uh, then then we'll then we'll we'll make it worth yeah. your while, and, uh, and yeah. maybe they said, uh, maybe they were happy to do that. Uh, there yeah. were there were so many different collect not not necessarily football but uh, there were so many other uh, sticker collections out there based on films and uh, Disney cartoons and and there was there was the Smash Hits one that was uh, yeah. I think came out in eighty. Did they do a Star Wars one? Yeah, yeah. Uh, not not the first film, but there was an Empire Strikes, Strikes Back, Back, and there yeah. there was a Return of the Jedi one as well. Yeah. And is there any explanation why? Uh, I think it was football '79. We had the silky badge. Yes, yeah, in, like the... in, uh, in in stuck on you. I refer to that as uh, the 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 absolute high point of uh, yeah. Panini production. Um, I, I I have spoken to them about it several times, and that there is a suggestion 
that they might be bringing that back for the next next Premier League album. Wow. Um, I'm now I'm 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 guessing the reason why it was only a one-off because I can I can only imagine that that finish uh, as you say it's a silky type jean material was a lot more expensive to produce. Mm. Um, so I'm, I'm guessing that's that's the reason why they, they only did it as a one-off. But but yeah. be, because it was only a one-off, it's actually uh, they're actually now highly sought after. Ah, uh-huh. well, I, I personally, I think they need to bring back the laws of the game stickers. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think today's kids would be too enamoured with, uh, I think, with six or eight pages of, uh, yeah, of, of I, laws of the game. Yeah, and I thought they were fan. And bearing in mind that some of them are still laws of football today. Um, yeah, it, it, it's quite. The, the... Oh, I mean, they are fascinating to look back for 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 people of our age. But but as I say, with the, with the attention span of today's kids, I think they would. Uh, I think they if if they got one of those in their packets, that uh, I think they probably discard that type quick quite quickly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in in regards magazines, for me, the golden age of football magazines is late seventies, early eighties. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, September 79, a new magazine starts, Match Weekly. I, I used to get Shoot, get me 20p. I could actually buy a Shoot magazine and a Mars bar. Um, that was my pocket money. Skip down to Reggie's news agents in Canyon Town. Uh, and he, he had a whistle. That's what he used to do. Here you go, boy. He knew what I had. And um, when Shoot went up to 18p and I couldn't get me Mars bar, uh, <laughs> that was a big shock. Yeah, but I mean, in regards to then shoot, I don't know. Did they they had the market to themselves? I was only shoot, but then this new one turns up. That for me, actually, I preferred. I did, and I still have got my collection of Match Weekly. Was it a big battle between them when Match turned up? Not not at the start. No, I've I've um, I've also done written uh, a number of articles in Back Back Pass about the history of shoot and the, the history of match in interviewing uh, editors and uh, journalists from both magazines. And uh, Match's uh, beginning uh, was 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 very tortured because they were they were due to run a, a national advertising campaign on uh, on ITV. And uh, it just so happened to coincide with ITV strikes, so uh, all that money was uh, was put into it. It had already been recorded. Uh, I think the likes of Ozzy Ardiles and Kevin Keegan were involved in the advert, um, and it it, had, it it didn't get used because because there's, there's no point showing it several weeks later about uh, about the first issue because the first issue had been and gone, um, and and they never they they actually had a, a sticker album in that. First issue as well, uh, Trans Trans Image uh, Football seventy nine eighty, um, and and Trans Image didn't last beyond that as well, presumably or not helped by again they they missed out on this national TV ad for their for their album, um, and it, it took them years and years and uh, to 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 compete with with Match uh, probably about a decade. Uh, there were a couple of times of in that that they thought that they weren't going to make it, but they they just about hung on, um, and then eventually started to compete. Uh, they actually got the Panini album in the late eighties, yeah, um, and then by I think it was ninety three, ninety four, uh, they finally uh, overtook Shoot in terms of sales, and uh, and uh, Shoot Shoot then 
never recovered. Uh, ended up becoming a, a monthly magazine for a few years. They 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 went back to weekly in the end, but uh, by 2008 they were gone. Uh, here we are, 2022. Uh, match is still going, which you know for a, a magazine uh, to to be going even a couple of years these days is is tough going. But what they're they're now 43 years down the line, so they they actually lasted longer than. Uh, longer than shoot that that uh, in terms of the print only went as far as 39 years yeah i mean shoot magazine now i, f- I hope i'm right 1969 yeah yeah so 69 to 2008 39 right. years so if i'm old in 16th of august 1969 in my hand this i don't know if this is number one has it got bobby moore on the front it has yeah yeah, that's 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 number one. Right. Okay. So I'm holding the very first issue. Now, Shoot magazine was edited. I don't know at the time here by a man called Peter Stewart. Am I right? Or yes. Yes. I, he, no, he was one of the ones, uh, the people I've I've inter- actually interviewed it extensively because um, he, he he also knew my my. Was dad he a West Ham fan? He not only was a West Ham fan, he was West Ham's media manager for oh. Oh, at least ten years. Uh, after after he left um, shoot, uh, he, he was shoot. He he, he started um, as one of the editorial team when it when it started in sixty nine. He became the editor in seventy nine, and then he was editor for I think twelve or thirteen years, uh, and then then he left to join West Ham. Eventually, after doing some free doing a freelance stint at IPC, uh, and he was at West Ham for I think at least another ten years. I th- I think he left uh, when the Icelandic oh two thousand six. Right. Okay. Maybe yeah, maybe maybe hang on hang on a bit longer than that. Actually, didn't know. Well, I, I didn't yeah. know. I I do remember Peter Stewart. Obviously, his name being in the magazine. And I always yeah. thought he was a West Ham fan. I didn't realise yeah. his connection yeah. was that much. Oh, yeah. So if I'm looking at shoot number one, Bobby Moore writes for... Yes. And, and I get what you're saying about our... Even though these are magazines for kid, it's grown-up writing. Oh, yeah. So when yeah. you read it now, it doesn't read like... If I get Match of the Day magazine um, now, if I picked it up, you can tell that is child-centric. The, the yeah, style of it you you wouldn't see an article more no. than 200 words no it, it, it would just be uh sound bites and uh little boxed features but but you won't see uh you you wouldn't even see a page of of, of writing no but i mean this here we got we, i mean obviously it's the 60s west ham were good hammer with the most this jeff first saying the best goal that he scored yeah um We've got an England team lineup. I mean, it's not the, it's not mint condition. Uh, it's yeah. weird because I've got the first year of shoot complete in a binder. Yeah, yeah. In the shoot binder, so yeah. this is one that I've I've bought separately. A match. I've got a nineteen eighty one match, and again, not such what I would call kid centric. I didn't think of it. I thought of it as a football magazine, mm-hmm. even though there's a cartoon and a Kenny Dalglish story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the the which is good because it was from that actual story that they did weekly. I discovered Kenny Dalglish was at West Ham at fifteen, yeah. um, and Ron Greenwood wanted to sign him, but he didn't want to stay at West Ham. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we got Dennis Mortar writing an article 
uh, who was yeah. captain of Aston Villa just before this is the year before they won. Well, this is the year they won the title, eighty yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't know when did these football magazines seem to damn market themselves. If I give an example, Match of the Day magazine. Now, mm. Match of the Day magazine, if I grab in my shed issue number one. Yeah. of Match of the Day magazine. This is what I call an adult magazine. This is 1996, Beckham this on the, the front. With, yeah, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, I mean, that's that's a completely different magazine to yeah. uh, to the to the one now. Uh, that's that that's more akin to the early days of Shoot and, uh, and Match. I mean, and probably, in fact, probably aimed at an even more grown-up audience. I mean, that was probably competing with... Um, Although it was a weekly to start with, and then became a monthly, that yeah. was probably competing more in terms of editorial values with four four two and goal and uh, total football at that time. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I still get four four two now. Yeah, um, I've got some issues of total football. Match of the day for me, I always enjoyed. I thought it was a good read, and, yeah. and then it yeah. sort of disappeared and reappeared as a what I would call aimed at eight-year-olds and it yeah. was just um, yes. not not for me. Um, right, anything you want to ask, Len, before we move no, on? I, I, I think I'm... No, I'm fine. I'm, um, it's, that was quite... What's the word? Um, Informative? Dara. Dara. Yeah. <laughs> Everything you wanted to know about sticker books and... Yeah, magazines. Oh, there's, afraid to ask. there's far more. There's, there's, sure there's there much is. more. But well, if, if anyone does, then uh, back back past magazine. Well, I would I would recommend that. Yes, I highly recommend it as well. Um, you get um, Tony McDonald sometimes. Uh, sorry, yeah. not Tony McDonald. That was his dad. Uh, yeah, no, it is Terry. Tony. Terry. Um, yeah, yeah. it's Tony McDonald, isn't it? Yeah, it's Tony. Yeah, yeah. yeah. His dad yeah. did play youth for West Ham. Yeah. And played for him. Yeah. But he used to yeah. run Examer magazine, so he, yeah. he he's often seen. Um, I, I enjoy his articles in there, and Norman Gillia, I believe, um, yes, does yeah. does a lot as well. So if we desert island disc it to wrap this bit up about memorabilia before we move on to West Ham uh, and, and your links and modern day football, pick a you can you can pick a magazine, a group of magazine to take with you. What are you taking out of all these football magazines that you've probably got? What 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 set are you taking with you? I I think it would be uh, from from in September nineteen seventy nine was the the month that I I really got into football, which is strange because I actually collected um, the football seventy nine Panini album. Uh, my my brother who was at West Ham at the time, he, he was the one buying me all the packets and 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 I, I was well into collecting it um, and, and got with him one of finishing it. But I, I wasn't really a big football fan at the time. I, I was only five and um, I, I, I loved the collecting and filling the spaces, but I, I wasn't full at following the games or the scores at the time. But September 79, I just, just the light seemed to switch and, I, and I, all of a sudden I, I was really into it. And, uh, and what what helped me to get really into it was um, my first copy of Shoot was September 79. My first copy of Match was number one 
of match in September 79 and my first Royal the Rovers was September 79 so I, I would I would say all of those from 1979 yeah Se- September 79 uh, right so match weekly 1979 my my first issue it's battered yeah. because I have read yeah. it I, I, yeah. for me I know mint condition is great but I like the yeah. ones that have been wrote on by the kid because it's like yeah. they've personalised it we've got Kevin Keegan playing against Sweden <laughs> um, on issue number one yeah um, win a Euro finals trip to Italy it'd be and you're right first great issue 80 page colour album with stickers mm-hmm. I've yeah. not kept the stickers I'm afraid I've no, seemed I, to remember. I lost the album as well, but I have um, I have since bought it on eBay. Um, I, th- I can't remember if it's an empty one or a complete one, but I've I've, I've managed also managed to buy some old packets. Uh, don't don't see them as 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 often now because because uh, the the uh, there's a lot more people trying to buy the old stickers now. But about six or seven years ago, I bought some old Trans Image Football seventy nine eighty packets. Uh, I've got quite a few of the stickers, so um, so that's that, that's another album I need to finish. And the first game in match facts is West Ham nil, Chelsea one. Monday, August the twentieth. That's the first game listed on match facts. Was, um, my, was my brother playing in that one? Uh, no. So uh, Parks got six. He, he was in quite a few of the early match facts. Yes. From, from, from uh, the first issues. Yes. I couldn't, well, it was about at the end of August when he first broke into the first team. He played six yeah. or seven games August. Yeah, well, yeah, late was, s- was, September, October, definitely. Yeah, it must have been the, the game or, or two after that, I would have thought. Yeah. Obviously, it's only a, a month after the... Pe- after the, the Pearson was game. our man in the match, eight out of ten. Right. Um, Cross only got six, Brook in seven, Devonshire six. Dal Banton came on as a sub. He only got five. Poor old Dal. Um, <laughs> Peter Barota got a nine out of ten star player Blimey. as well. He didn't get didn't get many of those at Chelsea. N- no. Um, so uh, I do remember that game. <laughs> a good crowd. And Jeff, 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 Hurst Jeff Hurst was the manager. Yeah, Bobby Gold was his assistant. Right. Um, <laughs> I think that was his first time back at Upton Park as a manager there was a big big deal about it if I seem right. to remember um, let, quickly I've got one more thing that's just come to me is obviously um, which you follow and I do as well religiously uh, the big match revisited yes yes I've, um, I've in from the next um, issue of Back Pass I, I've got a a regular series coming up about uh, match time revisited or big big match revisited as it as it's as it's going back to being um, folk, uh, putting on the the schedule that that's going to be coming up and also looking at uh, looking at the games that will be coming up. So uh, the the next issue will cover the broadcasts on what will it be September and October, and uh, they they're going back to show in the 74-75 um, season every Saturday. So that's right. obviously a, a good one for West Ham. And there's a, there's a lot of West Ham games shown. So I will be uh, right. Man United in the second division. Am I right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I remember yeah. watching the game against Orient. <laughs> uh, there, yeah. there was more Man U yeah, fans there than Orient. Yeah. Uh. yeah. 
Yeah, so there, there's a bit of Man United, but there's I think West Ham are probably showing more more than anyone. Now, do you think the BBC are missing a trick here with that? Yeah, a few people have said that, and um, obviously they show on ITV4. Uh, they've been showing Top of the Pops probably for about oh god, probably about a decade now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and I see ITV they've they've been showing these old big matches for quite a few quite a few years now. But last August, uh, they they actually decided to put a proper Saturday morning slot in. And it's made a difference. That people now know when it is. Yep. If, if they if they can't watch it on Saturday morning, then they can still watch it on catch up. But a lot of people watch it live. A, a lot of people tweet about it as it's going on and comment. And, and I, I like to show all the results um, for because obviously um, you you only see the games that are there. And 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 sadly, a lot of the time they actually cut out the uh, the, the the news roundups. Um, oh. which, which which Dennis Law would... And I actually think that they would be... They're the most interesting parts yeah. of the time because they go through the other games, um, show the league tables, and, and and they did show it the last time, but, but previous to that, that they, they often don't put that in. Now, there are... that My first article in Back Pass will explain um why they they have to cut some bits out and uh, some of the recordings are not are not good enough to to be re-shown anyway but i mean yeah i mean the, obviously the chances of bbc and itv working together or anything is always difficult but um i'm just BBC... surprised that their 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 back catalog it goes back even further i'm just surprised oh, that that, that they've never thought well there's a market here you know yeah. bbc 2s you say or bbc 4 you know replay a match of the day from the 70s yeah. or 80s well i think i think they're um they're, they're cutting bbc4 again aren't they and it's uh it's going to be a um an online, online thing or, or a catch-up channel again i mean shame. you know it doesn't mean they can't yeah they couldn't show it that way but it's not it's not quite the same as it when you've when you've got a regular appointment to view as as itv4 have done and the the reason why they keep showing it is because it's popular enough to justify it. And there's and and uh, if you watch it on Saturday morning, you'll actually see now that there's there's quite a few regular advertisers on there. Uh, yeah. Obviously, obviously advertising to to old, older people. But you know, if you show football from the seventies and eighties, then it's going to appeal to older people. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, my but, uncle uh, is seventy seventy six. Yeah. Not watched Premier League football. He's not been to a West Ham game with me since 1995. Um, he took me as a little boy. He watches every Saturday <laughs> the big match revisited because he rings me up to tell me because he doesn't understand the internet, so he doesn't realise I already know um, what games are going to be played. So mm. at half past ten, I get a phone call every Saturday from him <laughs> to say, right, they're showing this one. Because obviously this week yeah. uh, it was West Ham Man United. Yes, yeah. Um, and I thought it was good they showed the Wigan game first. Wigan yeah, well, I mean, obviously, as it was match time, it, is, yeah. it was a Granada production, so yeah. so that that was their that 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 was their main game. You know, I mean, uh, could you imagine in this in this day and age they've got they've got three games to show and the, and they they show a Division Four game before the Premier League? It's just or the, the old Division One. It just, yeah. just wouldn't happen, would it? No, I I, I watched it. See if there was any names that uh, I obviously I look at it. See, is there any names that that were big in the future? And I just caught 
glimpse at the end. Obviously, Larry Lloyd was managing with yeah. him of a young Jimmy yeah. Quinn. Uh, Mickey Quinn. I Mickey think, Quinn, it? sorry, not yeah. Jimmy. Yeah. Was a young yeah. Mickey Quinn, obviously, yes. at Wigan then. Um, must have been not a non-player. He was not playing in the game. I don't even think he was sub. So, um, obviously, and he was at Wigan. I, I, yeah, I, d- I did some... Uh, I, I, as I say, because because uh, I've been tweeting about it, I actually um, looked up that game. And I, I think he might have been involved in that game. And, and I'd forgot, or if he wasn't, um, he, he played quite a bit. And I, mm. I, I then I then looked him up because I'd, I, I, couldn't, I didn't know that he'd been at... Um, Wigan. At Stockport, oh, right. uh, it was was it? Oh no, Wigan, sorry, Wigan, yeah. Wigan. and um, and I actually found out that Larry Lloyd released him at the end of that season because he didn't think that uh, he would he, he would be able to cope in in the higher division. Um, he ended up, I think, going to Stockport, got in back in Division Four, scoring loads of goals, and then he ended up scoring loads of goals with all the other clubs he was at. So, uh, so that that was probably a bit bit of a misjudgment on Larry's part. Mm. Right, yeah, okay. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Um, Now we're going to move on to... Your West Ham connection, yeah, um, connections, connections. I, I, yes, very sorry. So you would have grown up. Well, you would have grown up your very early years in what we would call a West Ham household, a West Ham family. Y- your dad was Bill Lansdowne, who, when you was born, was a coach at West Ham, and your brother Billy Lansdowne. Um, yeah. was a, a youth reserve player who then played for the first team as well. So when when do you realise, you know, what, what your dad does for a living? Well, I, I, you know, I, I literally grew up in a West Ham household. Uh, my, my brother was still living with us uh, up until, I think, 79. Uh, so he'd, he'd just broken into the first team by then. And uh, my dad did, was coach um, from the from the moment I was born in 1973. He was he was already, um, I think, reserve team coach by then. Um, and I probably, uh, probably about for about four, uh, I remember him going off to work in his, his tracksuit every day and uh, saying, saying goodbye, uh, giving each other a thumbs up. Uh, I, I don't think I knew where he was going, to be honest. 
Um, I, th I think it was, I think really it was 1979 that I then had proper memories. Um, I, I knew what my dad was doing. I knew what my, my brother was doing. Um, and, and sadly, uh, when I did start to start to develop my, my proper memories of, uh, of them both being involved in football that, uh, uh, my dad got, um, let, let go by West Ham. Um, after after twenty five years, so uh, hopefully it wasn't uh, it, it wasn't it wasn't down to down to me, but uh, it, it was it was a shame. Uh, my first ever game of uh, of football that that I watched live was um, West Ham Crystal Palace reserves in at the start of September seventy nine, and uh, my dad was the manager of West Ham reserves. My brother was centre forward for West Ham reserves, um, and. I, I thought that that, that was that, that was what football was uh, football watching was about. Um, and I, I got to go behind the scenes after the game, and and I, I still remember that. Um, I'm, I'm, unfortunately, uh, I, th I, th I think possibly I might have got to see one more game uh, with with him still as manager. Uh, but by the end of September, that that was it. Um, I got to. Uh, he he then went to Dagnum and he was on, on the coaching staff and they reached the FA Trophy final that year. So I got to go to Wembley uh, the following day after uh, West Ham beat Arsenal. Actually, um, so so that 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 continued and my brother was still playing and I, I remember watching him uh, play quite a few times for West Ham reserves before he went to Charlton. Uh, there was a game. At 1980, 81 in particular, that I remember that uh, was West Ham Arsenal in the reserves, which um, at, at West Ham's ground, um, West Ham beat Arsenal four two, and uh, he, I, I was in the car on the way back after the game, and he asked me how he, he played, and and I said, uh, well, you scored two goals, but you didn't do much apart from that, so because I was I was sulking because I was, I was I was an Arsenal supporter, by then. <laughs> Um, your your dad. I mean, what, did have you? What did you think of your dad's playing? I mean, growing up and then finding out your dad was, you know, a footballer. What was it like when you when you discover your dad? You know, I think, yeah. I mean, obviously he was playing in the the fifties and sixties, and, and I wasn't born till nineteen seventy three. So I I I I've uh, spent the last. Uh, well, probably most of my lifetime uh, trying to piece it together, and I, I'm always um, I'm always looking out and uh, in in West Ham books and uh, looking on uh, on Twitter or Facebook and and even doing research in the the British Library sometimes, just trying to find more and more information. Uh, he he has got quite a lot of his own memorabilia, so a lot of newspaper cuttings and uh, programs and his um, his championship. Division two medal, fifty eight, fifty seven, fifty eight, and some some pennants from uh, when they went abroad, and there's some really good stuff. There was one, um, there's one particular photo where he he uh, went to get his um, FA coaching uh, badges at, at Lillyshaw, and um, he was one one of I think five or six coaches who had to take a, a youth team player from West Ham, and then there were other clubs coaches who had to take their young players. And uh, some of the young players there, uh, George Best, I think, was there. I can't, I can't hundred percent say he was in the photo, but he was definitely at that coaching session as as a youngster. Uh, people like John Radford at Arsenal were there, and and there's loads of other uh, names 
at, at the age of uh, about about seventeen that were just being used as a as a stooge for a, a coaching session to try and get these these coaches their badges and and then there's there's loads of of different different stuff like that when that I pick out and and I, and I I've, I've even managed to. Um, uh, get his name into articles that I've written, and there was a there was a Premier League Hall of Fame that I did the research for in I think nineteen ninety nine, uh, which was on the South Bank, um, and as part of the research, uh, there was a there was a a, a a section devoted to Bobby Moore, uh, and I managed to get my dad into that because when when Bobby Moore made his debut. Uh, he actually replaced my my dad, who was uh, he was either injured or he was left out. Uh, I, I've seen I've seen two two stories about that. So, uh, but but uh, Bobby Moore took took his place for that that, that Manchester United game. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you, your dad would have been a couple of years older than Bobby Moore. Uh, I think uh, my dad was thirty five. Was Bobby Moore nineteen forty? Yes, Bobby Moore was not. Yeah. So there's oh, five yeah, years. Yeah, so five five years. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, my my dad was an established um, member of the first team squad by then. He's he, he played half the uh, Division Two Championship 57, season. Seven fifty eight. Yeah, and then he he started uh, the the fifty eight fifty nine, and uh, they they were top, I think, uh, after a few games, weren't they? Yes. Uh, but I I think they'd lost the game before. Um, so as I say, I'd, I'd, if I've read conflicting reports that he, he was either left out or he was injured, uh, but they, there was there was definitely a shortage of players. Uh, I think Malcolm Allison uh, was coming towards the end of his career, and and th- there was another left half as well uh, who also wasn't available. So so Bobby Moore got his chance, but he was already um, he'd already been been touted. Um, my 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 dad had already alerted um, my brother-in-law who was in Oxford. Uh, to to go and watch him, uh, I think when he was about sixteen, he he played a West Ham game. I think it was against, um, I think it was Oxford City rather than Oxford United. Uh, and um, he he told him to go and watch him, uh, and he he became a West Ham supporter from that from that very moment. So when your dad stopped playing, was it an injury? That, um... Yes, yeah, yeah. Right. He stopped uh, a hip injury, and and obviously in those days, uh, people didn't. Uh, if, if people had a serious injury, the, uh, the 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 physiotherapy wasn't what it was. So I mean, you know, certain injuries that you're probably out for for four to six weeks these days, it finishes your career then. Um, and but it, it was also a common thing that uh, if you were interested, that uh, uh, that that once you stopped, that there was a pathway to coaching. Uh, so Malcolm Allison was obviously one, and there there are many other examples and. Um, my my dad when he finished uh was was one of several uh players who were or who, who were then fast tracked into managing uh Eastbourne United um i think Gordon Jago was another and uh Ron Greenwood uh, recommended uh my dad to go and coach Eastbourne United for his first coaching job uh that was 66 to 68 and then from there he moved on to the West Ham coaching staff and uh, was started with the youth, and then went on to the reserve team. Um, and uh, the actually the year he was sacked uh, in sacked in seventy nine, but in seventy eight West Ham won the uh, reserve the football combination league. Uh, the first team got uh, relegated, but that that was actually a rare uh, bright spot. And my my brother was top scorer for the reserves that that season. 
Yeah, I mean, when when your dad gets sacked, well, it must have been. Oh, it's a bit of a bit of a strange thing to say. It must have been a a bit of a, a big big disappointment. He's he's been at the club since 1956, and he's left the army. Or possibly, yeah. was, Actually, he, was yeah. he before? The, it must have been. Yeah. I was to yeah. say, it must have been before he, went in he the started. Army. Yeah, yeah. 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 So twenty-five years with two years at Eastbourne, but but he was actually um, he, he was still really at West Ham. He, he was at Eastbourne to develop his coaching to go back to West Ham. And what was that national service? Obviously, yeah. Um, yeah. but he still would have been linked or um, yeah, tied yeah. to West yeah. Ham at the yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's a that's a, a big chunk to then leave the club in 79 yeah yeah I mean um, I, I was very young I was uh, five or six and but I definitely remember him being unhappy and let's face it I mean I mean you, you would be wouldn't you uh, I, I think I think leaving any job after 25 years is hard but yeah it when it's a job that so many people uh, dream of, of doing and it would have been his dream job and it would have been most of our dream jobs um being uh being part of a football club then uh, it's it's not 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 only are you you losing your job but you you're almost uh, lo- losing losing your dream um and, and you and you're and, working uh, with people um yeah. that you would have that you would have grown up playing football around yeah. I mean we've spoken on about Ernie Gregory and yeah. Ernie was coaching at the time I mean these are his mates aren't they because he played uh, he, he obviously was in the in the first team with Ernie Gregory, Ernie Gregory yeah. was still there. So you go yeah. through all that, and then all of a sudden, thanks for your time. But football no, could be a cruel yeah. game, and, and 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 this is the thing with your dad. It does seem that, that, that football at times can be a cruel game, and that is, in a way, um, a cruel, a sad end to. Uh, yeah, I I think especially because, um, as I say, West Ham won the football combination in 1978. Um, so to be sacked the year after would suggest that it's not based on on your coaching ability. No, that that just can't be possible. And um, I don't I don't think I'm speaking out of turn to to say that uh, that the reason why he was let go was because um, John Lyle was was keen to get his friend Mick McGiven. Um, in into coaching, who just uh, just finished playing, um, so basically he got he got my my, my dad's role, um, and and Mick McGivern right. was, uh, was yes. uh, I, I think he went to Ipswich with John as as well. So he, you know that's he did that's, yes he he, he left West Ham to go to Chelsea, but as when John yeah. Lowell got the Ipswich job, Mick yeah. then became assistant manager at Ipswich, and it is funny because I think back now I used to watch a lot of reserve football. The late seventies. Yeah. I was seven, eight years old. Um, I was fortunate enough to live next to the ground. So, and my mum never minded me going reserve games with yeah. um, with my brother or whatever. But weren't really. My uncle would take me. But um, so reserve games back then were a gateway for little kids. <laughs> yeah. From the from the local area to get into the ground. I, I used to love the reserve games. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, that ties in. Mick McGiven, funny enough, was a player. I think I only ever see play reserve football. I think he was like yeah. captain of the reserve team. I th- you know, that's my memory of Mick McGiven playing mm. reserve football. And then you're right, he became coach. Um, yeah. But then your, your brother's playing there as well at the same time. 
um, and just breaking into the first team. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't. Um, as I, as I said, I, I just got into football in September '79, um, and I I don't remember anything about my brother playing um, for the West Ham first team in that in that period of uh, September October. Do uh, not a clue about his hat trick against Southend in the League Cup at the, at the time. It just I was completely oblivious. Um, I, I would say, although I was buying shoot and match from September '79, I would say it wasn't until towards the end of September, uh, towards the end of '79, um, that that I had started to get into the games uh, properly in terms of following them on the radio and, and grandstand. And so I was, I was just just a couple of months out. I, I've seen the uh, the newspaper clippings. Uh, the 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 signed match ball is still. Uh, on the mantelpiece on my in my parents' house, um, so I, I've, I've still I'm still reminded of it of it that way. Uh, but I I remember him as a as so subsequently then playing for the reserves and and I, I don't know if you remember that um, that that picture of the of all the the West Ham squad uh, an, an artist picture. So so they're all drawings. Yes, of, of the, of but the, the 1980. I had a copy. Yes, he he is in that. Yeah, and um, and I I think it was in. uh, I've seen it in a cafe uh, as as well, and uh, and we've we've also got one of those which is still at my um, my my parents' house. But um, I mean, my my brother was uh, he. I've seen a picture of him on the coach going to um, the semi final at uh, Goodison Park. No, is that right? Good uh, Park, Villa Park or, or was Ellen the first Rose. game. Ellen Road was the second. Ellen game. Rose, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, they, they played Everton. Sorry, it could yeah, be Goodison Park. Yeah, Ellen, Ellen Road. Um, I, so he was on the coach for that game. Although he wasn't. I mean, obviously in those days, you only had one sub. He, he would have been on the bench these days with about twenty nine subs. But um, so so he, he he was he was with the squad. He travelled to that game, and obviously he was uh, he was part of the bigger squad at at Wembley. Uh, for the FA Cup final, but uh, that that was the day after my birthday, and um, and uh, I was in tears at the end of the game because I, I I was by by then an Arsenal supporter. So it's even though my brother was part of the West Ham squad, it's uh, it's funny how these things. I'd, I'd just been given a a nice new red Arsenal tracksuit the day before, and uh, and yeah, obviously we know how it turned out. Yeah, I bet well we we do. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was your football ability like, Greg? Uh, well, that, well, that that's the thing. Once you've once you've got a dad and a brother who's played professional football, people every people would say, oh, "Why are you? Uh, why are you not professional? You're, why are you not as good as them?" So uh, it, I think it comes a bit becomes a bit dispiriting, and you and it, sometimes yeah. you almost shy away from it. But I did. Um, I got my colours at uh, Greenwich University, so that was probably my. Uh, my, and we 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 won several trophies at, at, for that for that team. That that, that was probably the uh, the peak of my the, the peak peak of my ability. But uh, probably as I say, once you've got two players, two people in the family have been professionals, it's probably uh, maybe best to focus on on the writing side. Did, when when Bill, hmm, how do I word this in 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 the best way? So. If you look at, I mean, I don't know, I was possibly, I was nine years old 
Um, this young boy comes on uh, against Southend. It's the f- second replay. Yeah. So we've already drawn one all, I think, at Upton Park. We drew away, obviously, at Southend. We've obviously won the toss of the coin. Mm-hmm. I think it was in extra time as well. There was I've seen yeah I've seen a picture of uh, I think it was the next the time pitch, I think it was one all time at South End. Oh right. Yeah. Perhaps I've, yeah. I think so. There was there was definitely, yeah, there was time definitely in, time. In one of the games. But anyway, he I've scores, seen John Lyle talking to him. He scores an hat trick. Um big thing you know, for a local boy come through to you, Franks, another academy yeah. boy. Oh. Um he plays in the first team. He scores against Burnley mm. as well. But then he sort of disappears, mm-hmm. and I forget about him, and he and he leaves the club, and he, and I, you know, I don't know, you know, I wrote an article once, and I called him my three week hero, because <laughs> I've read it, yeah, yeah, I've you, read the article. <laughs> you know, it was, um, it was, a, it was a strange thing because at nine years old, it, it, um, watching this boy score an hat trick, I thought, brilliant, I love it. You know, I love yeah. him and I want to see him mm. play and get more goals. Yeah. And obviously, David Cross was there. But what, what? I mean, he ended up at Cholton, which I, which I didn't know until later. What, yeah. what happened? Well, I, I think it's the nature of football in, in those days. Uh, if, you, if you lost your place, you know, he's a, he's a younger player, he's, he's going to have dips in form. When you've got um, when you've got David Cross and Stuart Pearson who have, who have been scoring goals in in the top division, let alone Division Two, for 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 many years before that, they're going to be your your favourite your favoured pair, aren't they? Um, when they're when they're both fit and available, and and if they're doing the business, hmm. you're not going to get back in because they they had one sub in those days, and obviously you've got to pick a sub who's got to cover defence, midfield and forward. Hmm. So I think if you look at who the subs were... Paul Brush was his name. Yeah, it, <laughs> it, it was... Exactly. It, it was a utility player, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. Somebody who could feel... Because if you picked a, if you picked a striker to, to be on the bench and then and then your centre-back gets injured, then you're buggered, aren't you? Yeah. So you would, you would go for... And as I say, that... that and I'm sure there are many players. I mean... Paul Vassen at Arsenal, for example, who scored a famous goal in that yes. same season. He was another one. I mean, injury also didn't help him. But when you've got Sunderland and Stapleton up front, if they're both fit, you're, you're not going to get in again, even though you, you've scored that goal. And, and as I say, there are, there are, there are Nicky Morgan was another example at, at West Ham. He, he had his moments too. But uh, when you've got more experienced players and then they bring Paul Goddard in as well, it's... It's tough, and 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 often you 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 have to move on. And uh, my my brother, when he moved on to um, Charlton, Alan Mullery signed him, uh, and he he ended up being a, a midfielder because they had Paul Walsh coming through and and Derek Hales. So again, that's a that's a decent strike partnership. So he actually ended up uh, playing playing in, in midfield for for Charlton uh, before he then moved into Sweden, and that was. That was the greatest thing that's ever happened to him, and he's he's been there since 1983. He was on television as a pundit for about 15 years and presented all sorts of stuff, even greyhounds uh, from <laughs> from from England, from Wimbledon, and then 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 they broadcast it back to Sweden. It was you know it's it was 
although it, it, it didn't work out for West Ham, but for him, but it, in terms of his career and his experiences, it, it, I, I don't think it could have gone better for him, really. Um, well, I hope they've still got good memories of, of their time <laughs> at West Ham. They, they are forever, um, obviously, in West Ham folklore, as being the second father and son combination. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they'll be forever in quiz questions. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, and the, the, there haven't been that many since either. So, um, no. You've got, I mean, you've, the, you've the, got, got the Browns and Lampard since. Yeah. Anymore? Yes. Um, there, there was a spike Potts where we well, were yeah. Potts, yeah. Monker. Yeah. Um, and obviously Potts. There's another Potts coming through. Steve Potts. Yeah. He's they've got another All young right. boy, uh, Rob Lee. Um, and Martin as well. Uh, and, and Martin as well. But obviously, yeah. um, people may not realise is I think it was the first four father and sons to play for West Ham. Um, had the all, same names. Had the same names, yeah. So yeah. Uh, the Barretts, the Lansdowns, the Browns, the Lampards. Um, I don't. I, I think. I don't think people had uh, had much of an imagination in those days, did they? <laughs> Well, even you, as you, you said the other day, you, your first name is West Ham yeah. related. Yes, uh, although I was speaking to my mum today and she, she claims that, uh, that that isn't true. But, oh. uh, let's go with that. Let's go There's with two, it. Because, I, because I, they, he, she, she says that my three siblings, because they're older, that they all got to choose one name, uh, so, so two middle names as well. But uh, one of my siblings... Can't remember that, so it's it's just as likely that I was named after Ernie Gregory, and my my dad maintains that 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 is the uh, that, that is, is the, the, the true story. Well, we'll go with yeah. your dad all the time. Yeah, exactly. Um, anything, Jay? No, mate. No. No. Uh, well, Greg. Um, anything modern day football? What? Obviously, you're big on nostalgia. Yeah. You must still watch modern day football um, as as much as I, I do. People may not think it because I, I only bang on about the old days. Mm. What do, what do you feel about modern day football that makes you want to look back, though? I'm sh- I'm sure if I was um, just getting into it now, well, I, I would I would love it. And in forty years' time, I would hark back to these days and how great they were. Um, I just think, you know, I mean, obviously I'm an old fogey, um, but I, I just think the way that uh, youngsters support football these days is, uh, I, I, I fear for the game. And in terms of, in 20 years' time, I wonder how many clubs we're going to have left because it, when I watch my child uh, playing uh, football with his, his peers after school, um, is is Friday night club? You, you look at the shirts uh, of the people of the of the youngsters and their their PSG and Barcelona and Real Madrid, and I think, uh, they're not even English clubs. Or oh, and and if they're English, then they're Man City and Man United. Well, I, we live in Loughton. Um I mean, you, you know, there's there are some London clubs, and even if you want to be a glorious supporter, you can at least have a London club. But I I, I just I, I just think youngsters are more interested in players now. So they'll follow Cristiano Ronaldo, than, or the reason why they now got they had a Barcelona shirt on. Now they've got a PSG shirt on because they're obsessed with Messi, and and I think they just follow the game through YouTube and these five minute clips. And 
I mean, as I say, I've, I've, I might have it all wrong, but I just, I just, I just think what what we had uh, with the magazines and the sticker albums and and the little amount of football, I think we treasured it more, and we we had to watch twenty minute highlights. Whereas kids these days, they they certainly wouldn't want to watch ninety minutes, and I think even twenty minutes would be a struggle, and I, I think that's a shame. Um, I just, uh, I, I just hope that, um, as, as I say, I, I, I just hope that in twenty years we've still got the, the type of game that uh, that we've got even now, uh, rather than just just the Super League and where 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 half of the current football league has to become amateur because they just just can't can't survive anymore. Um, that's that's the reason why I'm uh, I'm, I'm more into to the the, the old days. Um, once, once money uh, corrupts anything, I just think it's hard, hard to come back. And uh, and the, and the sad thing is these days that if if you're not owned by a by a by a corrupt state or a, a billion multi 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 billionaire, then you just got very little chance of of competing. And I know West Ham have just had a good season, but if they if they ever wanted to really to win the Premier League or compete in the Champions League, then un, unless they they have a stupid uh, amount of money injected, then then this is probably about as good as it gets. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think we'll argue much with you there. <laughs> we say really. No. All right, Greg. Um, I want to thank you for taking the Pleasure. time to talk to us hope you've enjoyed it yes very much uh, um, it's been a fascinating listen trip down memory lane uh, I'm glad to have finally nailed you down because I did try and get hold of you before <laughs> yeah um, my apologies but thanks again I, you listeners have enjoyed listening to Greg as much as we have uh, feel free to contact us um, in the usual ways send us a tweet or, or a text those that have got my number feel free I, I like reading them and reply emails let us know what you thought of Greg something a bit different obviously we, we'll forgive him for being an Arsenal fan <laughs> <laughs> especially since his first memory of Arsenal would have been losing the 1980 Cup final um, even better though it must have been bittersweet I suppose but uh, do you remember much of that game, Greg? <laughs> oh, no, vividly. I mean, that, that's uh, late '79, early '80s is when I, I really remember listening to games on the radio. So I, I do remember Arsenal's cup run and, and even West Ham's cup run because, my, as I say, my brother was was still part of the club, still yes. still part of those games. So I, I, I do remember. Um, following the cut runs and um yeah the, the the day before was my birthday i got i got my first kit my first um tracksuit red arsenal tracksuit so wore it wore it for the game I, I wasn't there i watched it on telly um and by the end of it i was i was i was in tears so um i think obviously arsenal had a lot of games by then so they, they were they were a bit tired so um and by the by, by the end of the day i was a bit tired as well hmm. Quickly, you because of the FA Cup. I mean, you, there's there's always a big argument about the FA Cup and how it's lost. And it seems to me that the FA keep keep trying to do things to rekindle the magic of the FA Cup um, without doing what I would call the bleeding obvious. What do you think is should be the change before you have to go and separate your kids? Um, 
I don't. Can you? Oh, you can hear them there. Yeah, that's all right. Go on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I don't. I don't actually believe that, uh, that that there is a great deal that needs to be done with the FA Cup because it's. I always find it's amazing that um, the amount of supporters who call the FA Cup Mickey Mouse until their team they do. get. Uh, and, and there's there's one uh, there's one set of supporters who I can pick out in particular. It's a, it's amazing because Arsenal won the FA Cup quite a lot recently. It's amazing how how many Tottenham supporters call the FA Cup Mickey Mouse. But I can guarantee you, if they actually get through to the FA Cup final one day again, it will be the greatest thing that's ever happened to to some of these supporters in in their lifetime. And and that goes for pretty much Leicester supporters. They they loved it. When they when they won the FA Cup, Wigan supporters they they loved it. I think the only problem is is it's a shame that all that that four or five teams seem to monopolise getting through to the final, and it's also a shame that that those teams in the main can afford to play reserve teams and still get through to the the latter stages before they start taking it seriously. That's mm. a shame. Uh, but but even you know Liverpool Chelsea played in that final, their supporters it was massive to them. Uh, hmm. Winning it on on penalties, Liverpool it made a huge amount to them. So don't let anybody tell tell you that uh, the FA Cup doesn't mean anything. I, I mean, obviously, because of social media, we we you've now got a lot of supporters, especially the bigger clubs, who don't live in England. So probably American supporters of Chelsea or Man City it doesn't mean anything to them the FA Cup because they've not grown up with it. Whereas people, it's for, so. Genuine football supporters in England would have been passed down to them about how important the FA Cup is, and uh, I'm telling you, the uh, when when a team gets through to the quarter final or even the fifth round, they start dreaming of getting to Wembley and uh, playing in a Wembley FA Cup final. Uh, not not just for the players, but a supporter is uh, is absolutely massive, and uh, and uh, and yeah, uh, even the League Cup, to be honest. It, again, it was Liverpool and Chelsea, and they really took it seriously. And Chelsea supporters are still moaning about it. Two dull games, uh, though, really. Yeah, but if they'd been the one that sneaked it, yeah. it'd be, it's a great, great memory. And, I, and as I say, I think because we've still got... Even now, we can still remember Ronnie Radford and Sunderland's FA Cup goal and uh, the, the the Lorimer save and uh, Willie Young bringing down Paul Allen. And we, and these, you know, it doesn't even have to be the goals sometimes. It's even Mickey Thomas incidents. for Wrexham. Yeah, exactly. That, that's it's Paul. Well, it's just just basically every free kick against Arsenal. Paul, Paul Gascoigne's free kick as well. So uh, I, there was actually there was a the BBC did a, an article before the FA Cup final, fifty best moments, FA Cup moments, and and even though Arsenal won the more uh, the more FA Cups than anyone, I think ten out of fifty moments were against Arsenal. All right. So Ryan Giggs. Yes, uh, semi-final goal and uh, yeah, West Ham winning and Mickey Thomas and Paul Gascoigne and, and it was it was unbelievable. I, I think I, there are only five positive Arsenal memories. So uh, so so that 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 was a, a wrong I'd like to write. But I mean, Ch- even Charlie George's seventy-one goal didn't make it. Wow, I mean that was iconic. Exactly. I mean, still, I was still, I still, didn't see it at the time. Age. I was only one, no. but I, I know enough about yeah. the um, yeah. FA. I mean, me, I'm on record. I can accept West Ham being relegated if we won the FA Cup mm. that season. For yeah. me, my dream is to see not West Ham win the title, West Ham to win the FA Cup. Right, 
cheers for that encore then, Greg. Pleasure. Um, thanks for, for joining us. Uh, Len, mm. you've not said a lot. I've, I've done all the no. work this week. But, um, yeah. Do you want to well, finish I think off? Greg done most of the work. He did. Well, that's what he's here for, to be fair. Yeah, that's yeah. what we're paying him for. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it was, uh, you know, I mean, I, I've, I've done lots of... Um, podcasts and uh, radio interviews about panini stickers and, and old magazines but obviously most of them are not that interested in west ham or or not interested in my my family collection so i've never um actually answered or, or spoken about um that side and in, in in that that greater depth um and i i hope some of the uh the west ham support especially the older ones listening will, will get a bit of a more of an insight and I, I think you know even if i think in terms of west ham players you don't have to have been bobby moore or billy bonds to to have a story to tell every every no, absolutely not. every every player involved with the club um has a story to tell and and are, are part of that of, of, of that of that history and, and i think and they're all interesting uh, and this this is why I I like writing for Bat Pass magazine because I, it, it's not always about the big stars and, and and when you read these stories because you know we know Bobby Moore's stories to death now and Trevor Francis and um, George Best we know that all there's there's probably a few strands hmm. I mean even there's probably there's a story that I've been wanting to write for a long time about um, Bobby Moore's time working at Panini. Um, where I've, I've referenced it in uh, in, a, in a couple of books and articles, but I'm, I'd actually like to write a, a oh, longer article. I did not article. know that. Be, uh, he he uh, he played with a player called John Mitchell at Fulham. Yes, uh, I remember he, John he, Mitchell. He, he scored the semi-final yes, goal against Birmingham to the, yep. the final. Yeah, um, John Mitchell became um, I think marketing manager for Panini UK in '89. <laughs> And um, and he called up Bobby Moore and said, "Do you want to be a, a figurehead? So just um, uh, put your name to. So if you look at uh, the Football '90 album and '91, he did the the foreword, Bobby Moore, um, and and he was used as a figurehead to promote the Italia '90 album. So he went around um, during the tournament before uh, using all his contacts." Um, and there's a, there's actually a great um, I've, I've got the program of the game. It was uh, a Panini Select Eleven against I think it's a Bobby Moore Select Eleven um, uh, played at St Albans Football Club in September seventy uh, September nineteen eighty nine. Uh, so he just just joined Panini. George Best, Franz Beckenbauer. Um, uh, Rodney Marsh, I think, and and it is basically a who's who of uh, of seventies football. But some of the names are just it's just incredible. Liam Brady, Pat Jennings, it's just uh, if if they all turned up uh, and and someone got a program signed, then uh, that that really is a collector's item. But uh, uh, and and yeah, I think he was there for about a year and a half. But uh, I mean, Panini was struggling at the time, so they. They, that they ended up leaving, but um, I think uh, yeah, that's that that would definitely be an interesting story. And I, I've 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 contacted Roberta about it because um, she she was also uh, she also worked for Panini when her, her, her dad was there. So I I would ultimately like to do a piece with her about it, and uh, and uh, hopefully that will that that will happen one day. I look forward to that. Right, a fantastic way to finish, then, Greg. <laughs> uh, I'd I'd like to. 
thank as I've done many often that uh, thank Greg for joining us today I hope you've all enjoyed it cheers Greg uh, thank you Len uh, anything quickly you want to sell or um, I think you're busy working on other things now I you? am I'm, yeah yeah I'm fully booked up and put your easel down for a while with uh, the, with yeah for a little while right okay well working on my next film yeah so we'll we'll probably cover more of that as it goes along we'll I'm guessing we'll be back next week with um, Little Legs himself because um, he's probably busting the gut to give you all boring transfer news and everything. So more than just a podcast will be back next week. But for now, until the next propaganda, probably in a few weeks' time, ta-da! Getting to know you Having a good nose about you Having a gander Looking at what makes you tick Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want truly hydrated skin? Medocia's Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER.